It's 5 o'clock on a Monday. Time for Happy Hour with Bobby DePaul, courtesy of the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline and also Bobby DePaul Charities and those who support him. And Bobby, not a lot to be happy about, but please explain the song. You win as a team and you lose as a team. Just about every area of the team had a chance to step up and make something happen Saturday night. Special teams return game, field goal unit, offensive red area, Run game, veteran receivers in the passing game, two-minute or no-huddle defense before the end of the half, and no defensive takeaways. Today, I'm wondering if there's anybody or anything Ravens fans can depend on right now. So let's talk some Ravens football. All right, Bobby D., let's start in that red zone. I didn't like some of the personnel decisions. I hated some of the play calling. And I didn't like the decision on the road with your backup quarterback not to take three points and to get yourself into a short-yarded situation. I thought a lot of that stuff cost him the game. What do you think, ultimate football guy? The Ravens had only two opportunities in the red zone Saturday night and failed at both. The Ravens started the game with a 10-play, 59-yard drive that was stopped failing to convert on fourth down. Based off the tape, it looked like Patrick Ricard made the first down, and it was a bad spot by the official and should have been challenged, in my opinion. I warned everybody on Friday, the officials favor the home team. Three of the last four play calls in that series were called running plays. Coach Roman called one pass play. That was a tight end sneak pass to Josh Oliver, who looked wide open at first, but safety John Johnson reacted fast, and linebacker Tony Fields assisted to stop Oliver short of the first down. A few weeks ago against Jacksonville, Josh Oliver scored a 12-yard touchdown on the very same play. The second red zone opportunity was the first, you know, was in the was the first series of the second half. This time, it was an 11-play, 60-yard drive, and Coach Roman called two pass plays and only one running play on the final three plays. But this ended with an interception because veteran receiver Deshaun Jackson didn't run through his route. The play before the interception was a drop touchdown pass by Devin Duvernay, but that play was negated by offsetting penalties. If the Ravens didn't have bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck at all. I know it's getting old, and there's a lot of frustration with the lack of success Mm -hmm. in the red zone, but they failed running and they failed passing, so neither worked, and the Ravens are now 26th in the red zone scoring category. Drop balls, penalties, and turnovers are not a good combination in the red zone the last several weeks. In terms of decision-making, I can understand going for it on fourth down, but I can make a case to not go for it. But but that's football. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You live with it. In terms of the decision to throw the ball in the fourth quarter, the Ravens are down by two possessions or ten points, and the clock was working against them. The Ravens only had nine total possessions Saturday night, so they basically only averaged two possessions per quarter down two scores, so they had to throw. Maybe Coach Roman could have mixed in a couple more runs, but do you really think it would have made that big of a difference? I don't. Let's put it this way. The Ravens almost rushed for 200 yards in the first three quarters of the game, but only scored three points. A couple more runs was not going to change the outcome of the game, in my opinion. Bobby D. Tyler Huntley's awareness and timing seemed a little off Saturday night. What caught your eye on the film? How 
many times do you guys hear me talk about setting the right expectations for players? I've mentioned in the past that player expectations are based off where you are drafted or by how much you get paid. Tyler Huntley was a college free agent coming out. So not a lot of people thought that much about him. The reason he was able to stick in Baltimore is because he has a lot of the same skill sets Lamar Jackson has, so it makes sense to keep him as a backup. So if something happens to Lamar, not many changes need to be made to the scheme. When you look at the decision-making and scramble sacks, that's just you, and all those things can be corrected. But you know what you have to have happen first? You have to have the mistake. Now you can correct it. I actually think the Denver sideline interception throw, you know, that he made a few weeks back is still in the back of his head. So now he holds the ball under the rest instead of throwing it. Hmm. But that's just an educated guess by my part. This is the bottom line. He's young and he's inexperienced and it's showing up under pressure. It's all normal. I've seen a bunch of highly touted first round picks actually do worse over my career. After Sunday night's game, I went back and pulled the stats for the last five games. And the Ravens' passing game is spiraling down. The Ravens rank 30th in quarterback passer rating with a quarterback rate of 73.2, 28th in average yards per pass, averaging 6.06 per attempt, 32nd in passing TDs with one, and 32nd in TD to uh, interception ratio. 31st in quarterback rating against the Blitz with 72.2 rate, and 32nd in average per pass play against the Blitz, uh, you know, averaging 4.3 yards per attempt. Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley have pretty much split the reps, you know, in the mm-hmm. last five games, each playing just under 10 quarters or two and a half games in the last five weeks. Tyler Huntley has 72.6 quarterback rating, throwing for 413 yards, zero TDs, two interceptions. Lamar Jackson isn't much better. He has an 81.4 quarterback rating, throw for 474 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The bottom line is the passing game is broke, and it hasn't worked under either quarterback in the last five weeks. In the running game, Lamar Jackson is better in space, no doubt about it, averaging 4.97 yards per carry on 26 attempts. And Tyler Huntley, you know, he's had 25 rushing attempts, averaging only 3.48 yards per carry. Both have been knocked out of the games. So the comparisons are very similar, guys. It's so broken, Bobby D, that Mark Andrews isn't even a thing anymore. <laughs> Is this a function of them having nobody else who can separate? Does he look beat up to you, all the above? Tight end Mark Andrews' season average per catch is 11.5 yards per catch, and he has caught five touchdown passes this year. In the last five weeks, Mark Mark Andrews has averaged 11.3 yards per catch, but hasn't produced a touchdown catch since the Giants game on October 16th. That's eight games ago, if you're counting. I have seen him drop a couple balls that should have been caught, and I have seen him drop a touchdown pass in the last five weeks. So he could play better. And he is the biggest weapon in the Ravens passing game right now. So in the spirit of Christmas, to answer this question about Mark Andrews, let me use a Christmas analogy. The routes receivers run are referred to as a passing tree when you teach the different routes to run. The passing tree is like a Christmas tree. The tree is dead, and it's the light bulbs that make it shine. The light bulbs involved with the passing tree are the receivers, and they are not connecting right now. Since week 11, we've seen multiple drop balls and drop touchdown 
catches by this group. In the last five weeks, it's total 10. And that is third most drop balls in the National Football League the last five weeks. What is placed under a Christmas tree? Gifts or presents. The passing tree brings gifts of touchdowns and points that can add up and light up the scoreboard. The Ravens receivers are like dead light bulbs on a tree. When one light bulb goes out on a Christmas tree, none of them seem to work. In the case of the Ravens receivers, nobody has stepped up to replace Rashad Bateman. So his loss has dimmed the lights on the passing tree and affected the production or light bulbs on the tree the most. Rashad Bateman averaged 19 yards per catch before his season injury loss. And the closest receiver to him is Devin DuVernay with an 11-yard average per catch. Demarcus Robinson, who had two fumbles Saturday night, averages only 9.5 yards per catch and has only caught one touchdown this year. The key to fixing the passing tree and lighting up the scoreboard can be found in the red zone, and the brightest light on the tree right now is Mark Andrews. The Ravens need to find ways Mark Andrews can be that bright star again. More with Ultimate Football Guy Bobby DePaul next here on The Fan. More with Ultimate Football Guy Bobby DePaul and Bobby D. We thought the Ravens would get more inside push and pocket pressure. Rough night for the D-line? Friday, I mentioned the Browns' offensive line was the healthiest they'd been all year, Mm -hmm. and the Browns' line was fine from what I saw on tape. I know the guys over at NFL Network telecast tried to spin that Nick Chubb hadn't been performing by saying he only rushed the ball for an average of 57 yards per game the last two weeks. That's total BS. The reason why that stat was so low over a two-week period is because against the Cincinnati Bengals the week before the Browns, you know, they they fell behind 20-3. to And they had to abandon the running game. And Deshaun Watson threw the ball 42 times to try and get him back in the game. The previous week against the Houston Texans, Nick Chubb rushed the ball for 80 yards and averaged 4.7 yards per carry. In addition, the offense as a whole rushed the ball for 143 yards. Saturday night, Nick Chubb rushed the ball for 99 yards against the Ravens. Need I say more? The guys also mentioned the reason for the lack of production was because the Browns were under third-string center who was a guard. Guess what? Centers come a dime a dozen. It may be the easiest position in the NFL to fix. Years ago, I did a study before analytics was even around. What I wanted to know was how teams were built. What I found out at the time was there were more college free agent centers starting in the National Football League than any other position. Heck, I actually claimed a kid, a college free agent from the Steelers named Hank Fraley, who's now the offensive line coach for the Detroit Lions, and he was a college free agent, started for 10 years. It's nice to have a great center, but not highly valued in terms of the draft. You can find these guys because they are undersigned. Teams draft offensive tackles and touchdown makers high because they have the biggest impact on the passing game. You can't pass the ball without offensive tackles and touchdown makers. You know, touchdown makers get themselves open to make plays, guys. How many times do you hear people talk about the impact of a center on the offense? The only time a center can impact the game is if he snaps the ball over the quarterback's head and shot down hmm. formation. That's it. In week seven, the Ravens defense sacked the Browns five times for a season high because Jacoby Brissett throws most of his balls from within the pocket using his drop-back passing game. Saturday night, the Browns coaches did a great job designing play-action passes. Play-action passes slide the pocket and moves the launch point, so you really struggle to generate inside pressure. You've heard me do what? Talk about 
blitzing up the middle when yeah. they got a pocket quarterback. Well, these guys changed a, a launch point. Credit the Browns for making the adjustments. Guess what? Credit Mike McDonald for mixing in nickel blitzes with Hamilton because that's the best option mm -hmm. to contain and pressure the play action passes. The Ravens still had three sacks, but all were from the edges, guys. Yeah, good thing the Ravens traded their number one receiver for a center. Uh, Bobby, anything else stand out to you about the Ravens' defense? Yeah, I thought the best thing the Ravens did defensively Saturday night was hold up after those turnovers with drive starts in the Ravens' end of the field. I know the Browns missed field goals, but the Ravens' defense held the Browns' attempts out just far enough to make kicker Cade York think about it. The Ravens are now 6-1 and one when holding opponents to 17 points or less, and that's tough to stomach if playing on the defensive side of the ball. I mentioned last Monday, I didn't like Kyle Hamilton matching up with quick-footed receivers aligning in the slot because he doesn't have the foot speed to handle it. I think everybody sees it except the Ravens' defensive coaches right now. The Ravens need to find more, you know, they need to find a more versatile player to play in the nickel because Saturday night, Hamilton was asked to cover Amari Cooper. Can you, can you yeah. believe that one? So the last that, so that what, you know, so the, really the last two weeks in a row, the offensive opponents, the coaches took advantage of his skill sets for the position. I would like to see, I'm not going to just point out problems. I'm going to offer you solutions. I would like to see a combination of Marlon Humphrey, who we all seen playing the slot before and Brandon Stevens, because that mm -hmm. would build in flexibility to change up depending on the matchups inside and outside. Right now, the Ravens have boxed themselves in with Kyle Hamilton because he's a one-dimensional player. Kyle Hamilton can handle tight ends or big physical receivers, just not quick-footed speed guys. Think grass basketball. The other thing that showed up with the Browns is they played a lot of 11 personnel on first down. I wonder why they did that. To get matchups. Yeah, keep won. Hamilton in the, the slot. The, there you go. The Ravens' defense struggled on first down all night, giving up 6.41 yards per attempt, ranking 24th in the week, you know, in the NFL over the weekend. In addition, it was pretty balanced running past on first down with the Browns, gaining 5.23 yards per rush and 8.08 .08 yards per pass attempt, ranking 21st and 20th respect, respectively over the weekend. Not good. Personnel matchups are to, are, you know, they're basically the key to get better on first down defensively move forward, guys. Bobby DePaul, let the people know about Bobby DePaul Charities and those who support them. ID Technologies, Dell, and Ruckus Networks are proud to support Bobby DePaul Charities. They need to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver world-class wireless network solutions to federal agencies who need to be able to seamlessly connect over secure and reliable Wi-Fi networks. Visit www.idtech.com forward slash the fan to download our free wireless stress test report showing how the Ruckus Wi-Fi 6 cloud managed access points outperform its competitors. Please visit the ID Tech website and look for the Walking with Anthony Foundation donation link, a foundation that helps kids to pay for rehab and devastating spinal cord injuries. I also wanted to wish my sponsors and their families at ID Tech, along with my team, Joe Muscarello, Gary Carswell, Mark Palumbo, and Brian Wright, a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yes. brother. Bobby Thank you did. for all you do for the show, my yeah. friend. Thank you so much, man. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you before the Steelers game. Okay, guys. You take care. Merry it's, Christmas. It's Inside Access here on a Monday. We'll come back. Tyler Huntley, just how bad was he? We're going to tell you next here on The Fan.